Week 14 of the NFL season is in the books. Will we actually get a week 15? Let's have a chat about it. The full 10 yards NFL podcast. Hello, everyone. Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judah, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. And you're listening to the 14-yard NFL podcast. What a time to be alive, hey fellas. What a time to be alive indeed. Let's welcome her in. Josh, how you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad, mate. I've just been called up to be uh, the Cleveland Browns starting tight end on uh, Saturday, so I've just been hard on the practice field. Uh, I think I was the 105th pick, but everybody else seemed to get COVID, so it is what it so, is. Sounds about right, mate. Hey, you shouldn't joke about it, mate. You may well be suiting up the way things are going this week. Steve, how you doing, fella? You had any call-ups uh, from the Eagles? No, not. I mean, the the Washington football team, the uh, um, opponents this week, have got absolutely no defensive line left because they've all on the all on the COVID list. So, um, but yeah, it's 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 amazing what he's doing this week. I'm sure we're going to get into it, but um, yeah, we we said we said for a while that this might be coming, and it's it's we've gone 14 weeks without it really affecting anyone, and all of a sudden here it is in one big giant hurricane. It's all come at once. So, yeah, all nicely Christmas see. wrapped. It's all nice to get for us. Yeah, it, it couldn't really have come at a worse time. We'll get into it, fellas. Let's have a quick look back at week 14. It, it, you can tell the NFL settling down. I only got two wrong on Pickham's this week, boys. That feels like Same. a minor miracle in itself. I, I will take that. Even if I haven't caught up any ground on you, Josh, I will take that as a personal little <laughs> win. Um, big wins in some of the... Oh, I will indeed. You big should. Wins 12 in... out of 14 is a good week. In fact, I think yeah. it's the best week of the season so far. It certainly is for me, mate, but that doesn't take much doing. Um, big wins in some of the key games. The Vikings over the Steelers um, on Thursday night football. A big comeback from the Steelers just fell short. The Chiefs probably cementing their, well, certainly their favouritism in the division. Still a couple of uh, cr- uh, clutch games to come, but absolutely hammered the Raiders. Browns kept their season alive, beating the Ravens. The Cowboys probably sealed the NFC East. Um, as Washington didn't decide to turn up until the second half, unfortunately. 27-20 win for the Cowboys. Uh, the Bucks went all the way to overtime, but got the better of the Bills, who continue their downward spiral. Overtime as well for the 49ers over the Bengals. And the Monday Football was probably the other game that had some serious sort of um, divisional and playoff implications. And the Rams finally getting one over the Cardinals, 30-23. to 23. And that all of a sudden makes that division slightly interesting again. So plenty of um, good games last week. But like I say, we might as well get straight into it, boys. It's the talking point of the week, isn't it? It's obviously huge again in this country. It's all over the news. Um, obviously, this new variant of COVID seemingly, obviously, much, much more transmissible, even if potentially milder. Let's keep our fingers crossed on that second point, but obviously, we'll wait and see. But certainly, from a transmission perspective, you know, we're recording this on the day that the UK has recorded its highest number of daily confirmed cases. And I think we are safe to say the day the NFL has had its highest number of confirmed cases and players put onto the COVID list. Seven teams now in the league's enhanced COVID measures. 
almost feels inevitable that the whole league is going to at least go to those measures, even if it isn't a problem today. It feels like it's a problem waiting tomorrow. Steve, I'm going to come to you first and foremost. Um, you know, we, we've said we didn't want it to have a massive impact on the season. It feels like it's going to, though, doesn't it, mate? I mean, you know, what, what's your take on what Week 15 probably does or doesn't look like? It's mad, isn't it, how it's all come at once? Like we said at the top of the show, it, this is COVID's gone relatively under the radar this season, and we've got a, a pretty much an unaffected season completely. There's been the odd player here and there. It's had to miss a game because of um, uh, getting getting the virus itself, but it's gone relatively under the radar. But then all of a sudden this week, it's all happened. Um, so apparently in on Monday and Tuesday, 75 players returned positive tests. Um, and if, and they obviously that's continued on today. And obviously you guys will know with all the Cleveland players and coaches that have, that have tested positive today and that's still coming in. And obviously they're still waiting results of some tests. Um, but apparently if they keep going this week at the rate they have been over the last two and a half days, they will have more positive player tests this week than they've had for the entire first three months of the regular season which was 110, which is wild. Like, how is it all of a sudden just happened all at once? It's crazy. And if, if it's mental that the, um, the NFL Players Association has been pushing for daily testing of players uh, since the since the start of the season. And obviously the NFL decided that they removed that at the beginning of the season for anyone who is fully vaccinated. If you're, if you're unvaccinated, you still have to be tested daily. But in the NFL, if you're un- if you're vaccinated, you still don't have to be tested daily. It's just once a week, I think, is the regulation. Um, yeah. And so the fact that they're not testing daily just shows that this is this is just going to spread through rampantly, unaware. You know, players could be asymptomatic and completely unaware that they've got it and give it to everyone else. And it's um, it's crazy that we haven't had more up until this point and now we've got what do you say seven teams are in the sort of enhanced protocols your guys browns are, are, are in disarray like the washington football team have got no defensive line left like it's just ripping through the league but i don't know what the answer is because you can't you can't you can't cancel a week like where do you put it we can't push the season back can we is that possible would they do that would they f- we talked about this didn't we you know cast your mind back two months three months ago we talked about what would be the the fines for it what would be the, the what do you do to teams do you say like well look what's the cause of this if it's an unvaccinated player well you've got to forfeit the, the the game because you had the chance to do it and you didn't take it but then how do you determine who what the cause is it's so difficult this is going to be a real headache and i think we are recording on wednesday evening and i think come friday saturday this news is only going to get better uh, sorry worse before it gets better most definitely. I mean, just before Josh, I'll bring you in to give your take on things and then we can potentially debate solutions. Just run through the whole league as it stands at time of recording. The Falcons have got three players on the list. The Ravens, one. The Bills, two. The Panthers, one. Although that one is Christian McCaffrey, so obviously not ideal if you were going to pick one player for the Panthers. <laughs> Five for the Chicago Bears, one for the Bengals, 11 for the Cleveland Browns, including head coach Kevin Stefanski to put it up to 12. Um, also includes, obviously, Baker Mayfield. Um, Dallas Cowboys, one. Houston Texans, two. The Colts, one. The Kansas City Chiefs, one. And that's a big player for them as well. To tear defensive tackle Chris Jones. The Chargers, two. But a big player for them, Rashawn Slater, the uh, yeah. impressive rookie left tackle. 11 for the LA Rams, including Jalen Ramsey, including Odell Beckham Jr. 
Four for the Dolphins, seven for the Vikings, including Daniil Hunter and Alexander Mattison. And obviously with Dalvin Cook's injury problems, Mattison could also be a huge player for them. One for the Patriots, two for the Giants, two for the Jets, two for the Eagles, two for the Titans and the Washington football team with 17 players on the COVID list, including, as um, Steve has alluded to, Jonathan Allen, including Montez Sweat. Um, it is just an absolute mess, isn't it, Josh? I mean, it has just really snowballed this week. And like you say, we're, we're recording this on Wednesday. It feels as though it's going to get worse before the weekend's out. Yeah, you're going to probably see a few a few more on that list. And by a few more, I mean probably add an extra 20 to 30 players on that. Um, a few will come off the list as they go on as well. Like the Browns were up to 14 at one point today, but a few have come off that list, for example. But what it does mean is that you have a situation whereby it's not only a case of competitive disadvantage, but also just a complete diminishing of your product at this point. The NFL has got to think about its product. And this isn't the same as a wide receiver group, for example, not being able to play with your quarterback, not being able to play. We're talking about whole teams going in with half a squad at this point. It's pretty much what it's going to come down to. You know, the Browns are going to host the the Raiders at this rate with a good third, yeah, a good third of their starting roster sitting out asymptomatically. It's... You know, it's got to be the most frustrating thing in the world as well. And it's hurting everyone. Sponsors can't be happy about about it. Fans can't be happy about it. Players probably aren't happy about it. You know, a lot of these will get, you know, in-game bonuses and stuff like that, which they're not earning towards as well. I know that there was a huge, um, there, there was a huge argument from the NFLPA for more testing. But this was in a world where vaccinations meant not catching it and not transmitting transmitting it we're now living with a completely different variant where realistically you can have all the vaccine you want it's going to get past the vaccine but the vaccine's going to mean that you're not hospitalized but it's not going to be as much of a threat to you apparently according to the real world data at time of recording please no one sue me from a medical basis um but if we live in that world do we now come up with new protocols that mean that if you are if you are vaccinated not a threat to your own safety and to the vaccinated around you, is that good enough to go, especially considering the NFL's stance on vaccinations being a first protocol for players? Now, these are the questions that have got to be asked in order to save your product. To Steve's point on, you know, what can we do in terms of, you know, pushing back the season, etc. You've got one week that you can push it back to without affecting the Super Bowl, which is Pro Bowl week. You know, shove the Pro Bowl to after the Super Bowl, maybe. That's pretty much as much as you can do on that. And maybe give yourself a Christmas fire break to get people in the building and then start having bubbles again. But will they be able to mobilize that quickly? Most of these stuff are done with agonizing negotiations over several weeks in the summer. So, you know, this is not easy. 
I think is the the protocol at the moment is as long as you're vaccinated, um, once you test positive, I think you then have to return two negative tests within a 24 hour period. If you do that, then you can come off the COVID list and you're eligible to play. And that is if you play Sunday, I think that can happen right up until Saturday. So like that, you, they give you all the time to be able to it's prove 48. Is it 48, 48 yeah, so that means if you right. test positive on a Wednesday, then you've got, I think it's Friday, Saturday, then Sunday, so you have to test negative on a Friday. Yeah, so as we've said, there's a still a, there's still a chance for a lot of these guys that are testing positive today that could still play Sunday. But I think, just before you go back, Sean, my concern is, is, that, is that when we start talking about sort of postponing games and, and, and maybe pushing things back a week, the problem is, is that this could happen again next week and the week after and the week after. And then, you know, it's affecting the Browns and the football team predominantly this week. Next week, it could be the Eagles and the Cardinals. Yeah. The week after, it could be the Chiefs and the Bears. You know, it could be any of these 32 teams. And it, you, it's lucky that we've got as far as we have without this happening already. It's, it's crazy that we've got 14 weeks in the bag when there hasn't been any real major concerns. Now, I've just seen a tweet from a, from an Eagles reporter who's spoken to the NFL about the Eagles-Washington game specifically. But the NFL have said... There's been no discussion of changing the status of any game. That's at the time of recordings. That's 8.30 GMT. Was that, was that tweet sent out recently? Because I know that was the That's, stance this morning, you know, about 10 o'clock Eastern. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, look at this. I've just seen this as well. This is what this past week has cost Washington. Seven defensive linemen, three centers, four linebackers, three of its top five wide receivers, three tight ends, two cornerbacks, one quarterback, one safety, one offensive tackle. That's how much their, their team has been absolutely decimated by this. So, but then where do you, where do you draw the line? It, it's, it's such a headache. Yeah, it, it is such a headache, and I mean, just to bring everybody up to speed, you know, in terms of what the the actual rules are, we talked a lot about this in the off season, didn't we? Because obviously it was a big topic of conversation around the original rollout of the vaccine, and obviously the the sort of push for the league to get more and more of the players vaccinated. The only thing that he's suggested is if a unvaccinated person is testing positive, it, that is the only time that it talks about games being forfeited that is the only time that that is mentioned because i know a number of people have said well teams will have to forfeit games if they can't put people in ultimately you know there is nothing at all mentioned in terms of any game being cancelled or forfeited if it's through vaccinated players now the difficulty comes from like you say the browns have had 11 on the list today i believe at least one of those from all of the press reports hasn't been vaccinated now does that mean that everybody gets tarred with the same brush and it's john johnson's fault that he hasn't been vaccinated i honestly have no idea what they would do but essentially what they have said is that if a game cannot be rescheduled within the quarantine 18 week schedule and is cancelled due to a covid outbreak among non-vaccinated players on one of the competing teams the club with the outbreak will forfeit the contest and will be deemed to have played 16 games for purpose of draft waiver priority etc for the purpose of playoff seeding the forfeited team will be credited with a loss and the other team will be credited with a win that is the only thing that is written in stone in terms of what the league set out at the start of the season um, and it is going to be a real headache. Steve, you've hit the nail on the head. It feels like you say probably 
a problem at the moment, particularly for the Browns and the football team. You know, I mentioned all of those teams that had players on the list. You're not talking about the third and fourth string tackle on the Cleveland Browns. You're talking about the starting cornerback. You're talking about the starting quarterback. You're talking about the starting offensive tackles. Same with the football team. But you're absolutely right. It could be another team next week. So if rescheduling is not the answer, is it just a case of these teams are going to have to suck it up? And it is a case of next man up. And ultimately, look, to Josh's point, the product may well be hurting over the course of the next month, but is it more important for the league to get the product delivered on time, even if it's not necessarily the product that they want to put out on the field? Something to something to throw in as well onto this is it's going to have to be incredibly quick fire to do it, but I think it's the only way to save this week if it is the case, because I look at Chiefs Chargers you know, on Thursday, and, you know, they're not going to cancel that now. I mean, they see no reason to, really. Is it a case of redefining the rules on what happens if you are, you know, if you are testing positive? I've seen that quite a lot with the Twitter journos today, that that is what the NFL are looking at, you know, as to what happens if you test positive and are vaccinated. There's, you know, there's a number of things which seem to be at play. I think that the idea of postponing games is the last thing the league wants to do. And the only reason as to why I bring up a potential fire break would be, much to your point, Steve, of the fact that it could happen to anyone at any time. I mean, my God, you know, me and Sean are fans of the Browns where we've had three outbreaks, I think, since all this has started the most in it with any uh, team in the league. But the idea being that it would then bring back the bubbles that they had at the start of last year. So it would be bringing in heightened things to stop it from happening and also potentially to get maybe Christmas out the way so that they can return to some sort of safety thereafter. But that is that that would have huge implications. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be far more likely that the NFL is going to you know, that the NFL is going to um, change some form of ruling on what it means to, you know, be a danger to other players. I think um, one of the other difficulties is that we have just finished all the buys. So every yes, team have. has now had their buy. So there's no buys to play with. Remember when this happened last season, the, you know, things were changing and buy weeks were changed and, you know, games were slotted in because there was still plenty of time left in the league there's four weeks left of the regular season like this there's just no time to play with and my my concern with with any sort of postponement and i absolutely agree josh i think any sort of postponement or any talk of anything like that is the last resort like they don't want to do that and i think they and i still think that I would probably be prepared to put myself on the line and say that at this point now, Wednesday evening, I still think Sunday goes ahead as normal. I just don't oh, think the NFL... Yeah, I reckon will, it will. I just don't think the NFL will postpone anything. Um, purely because it sets a precedent. If So let's let's just take the Cleveland game, for example. Let's say they say, okay, well, Cleveland game's postponed. We, you know, there's too much there. It, because at what point does it become not just about losing your best players, but also just a genuine health risk? Like, there are so many people in that building that might have this and not know yet and not quite be testing positive yet. But actually, they could be spreading it to, to, to fans, to coaches, to, to, co- to players, everyone else on the field. Like, you know, it becomes a, a bit of a health concern. But let's say they do that. What happens then next week or the week after when there's an outbreak in 
New York, for example, let's say the Giants get a big outbreak and they've got a big game coming up, but the NFL says, oh, actually, you've only got eight players with it. Cleveland had 13. They got a, they got a postponement. You don't. And it's like, well, hang on, where do we draw the line? So I don't think postponements is something they're going to do. I could absolutely see them bringing back some kind of bubbles just to get the season finished, you know, just to start saying, like, look, we need to be in bubbles again. We need to minimise contact with the outside world, all that sort of stuff, just to get the season done. Because if not, this is going to be rife. And and it's going to, it, I think, like I said earlier, that we're the, the worst is yet to come before the situation gets better in terms of people, more players and more coaches getting infected. Um. I think the the season, the difficulty with what you were saying, Sean, as well, with it being unvaccinated players is how do you determine that if it was that player that started the spread? Yeah. And so therefore, that's why they've put that wording in there about forfeiting games, because they know that's incredibly difficult to, to prove. And you could imagine if a team got a game, like, let's say, for example, the football team, let's say they determine, oh, the football team of, because um, I've seen it on, on, on social media so far today, people suggesting that this, this outbreak is because of an unvaccinated player at Washington. I don't know if that's true or not. Let's just say it is. How do you prove that? And if it was to be forfeited and they lose that game and the Eagles win it, what's to say Washington doesn't challenge that like legally somehow? Yeah. You just know they're not going to go down without a fight with that. So mm. it's in a very difficult, precarious position. I think this week happens as normal. And then I think, I, I think Josh, you're right, that there could be some more stricter sort of rules around bubbles and all that sort of stuff could come into play. Um but yeah, we are definitely not out of the woods at this point. Tell you what, try this on. Sorry, Sean, I've just read something of which uh, one of the journalists that's been keeping an eye on this today has put out. Um, this could be shortened to one negative test result instead of the current two. Now, if that happens, that really does open the door to those that get it to come back if they're asymptomatic. You know, even something as small as that gives the option if you're tested on a monday you could well be back in by sunday at that rate i think that that would really help i don't know what you guys think i think the difficult thing is and we talked about this before we hit the record button didn't we the league are really damned if they do and they're damned if they don't they obviously want to protect the product and things like you've suggested there or that journalist has suggested there probably help to try and protect the product does it help in terms of the long-term health of its players Probably not, if we're going by the letter of the law. I think the the issue is these rules that were drew up in the summer was very much with what we knew at the time. And obviously the expectation um, was that the vaccination would not only help in terms of obviously reducing the severity, it would also help with the reduction of the transmission. You could see from you know a number of these players now that are double vaccinated. In the case of Kevin Stefanski, he's triple vaccinated in terms of having a booster, and he still caught it. You know, it may well be that Kevin Stefanski's passed it on to everybody in the Browns building now, but he knows, you know, you know how it's getting around from person to person. I think that's where the league have got a real issue here now, um, because, like I say, the rules don't really allow for any of this. I think they. They could do things in terms of, like you say, allow asymptomatic players to participate. But ultimately, the whole point of the, you know, can only base it on what we know from the UK. The whole point of taking a test that if you're deemed to have the virus is you then isolate so you don't become a risk to anybody else. I don't see how you can put somebody on an NFL field and get them, you know, in each other's faces and, and all of that kind of thing. That just doesn't seem to be, for, for me at least, a viable option. 
I think the testing in terms of, you know, one as opposed to two negative tests, nobody that has been on a COVID list has come back in the week. Nobody no. throughout the entire season has come back. If you have ended up on the COVID list, nobody has come back. And again, can only base it off what we know from this country. If you get COVID, I don't believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, you probably know this, because you obviously were unfortunately, you know, sort of, um, you know, picked it up a few weeks back. I don't think the government in this country will give you another PCR test within 28 days, because they say effectively you could still test positive. So, so you know, I, Go on, so, mate. yeah, speaking speaking from my experience, because like you said, about six weeks ago, I actually had it myself and I am double jabbed. So, you know, it's a breakthrough infection. They do happen. Luckily, I, my symptoms were very, very mild. So I didn't really have too much of an issue with it. But in terms of the actual logistics of having it itself, I tested positive and I didn't test negative on a lateral flow until I think nine days later after my positive test. So that's why people don't return from the COVID list because it isn't just as simple as getting a positive text test. Oh, I'm double vaccinated. Three days later, I'm negative. Fine. I mean, that can happen, I believe. But my understanding is, is it takes a little while for you to start um, testing negative again because it's all about yeah. the uh, how you can tran uh, transmit the virus. And I, I, I never thought when I signed up for an NFL podcast last year that we'd be having a, <laughs> a, a, a an interesting discussion about virology. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, my my understanding is is that yeah, you're you're absolutely spot on, and then you don't start testing negative until much later on. And I've been told now I shouldn't have another PCR test for ninety days. It's a PCR because PCRs are much more sort of detailed and they can pick up sort of smaller particles of the virus, whereas a lateral flow can't. So, but I've been told that there's not from all of the messaging that I've got from the from the UK government, from the NHS, all that sort of stuff. There's no point in me taking another PCR within 90 days of a positive PCR test because it can yeah. give ne uh, false results. So yeah. once you've had it for 90 days, there's no point in taking another positive, uh, another test because you could get another positive, but that positive might be false because it's still your old, your body shedding the dead particles of the previous virus. So it's such a difficult scenario. You are spot on that, that, that players just don't come back from the COVID list. It isn't, it isn't just a snap your fingers and it's done. Like Dallas got it, went on for the Eagles earlier in the season and he missed a game. It, it's just, it just happens. And, the difficulty is, is that where do, where do you stop? Where do you do you, do you say like okay, well if like because there was a situation last year, wasn't there, where the um, Browns lost an entire positional group, wasn't it? Was it the wide receiver core, um, yeah. or someone? An entire positional group was out, and so you, when you've got no players in that position to play, how can you play a game of football? But then the other team could say, well, it's not our fault. Like you know, we've we've managed to keep it up. It's it's just such it's so difficult because there is no. There is no definitive way, like you say, transmission's one thing, and 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 severity is a whole other thing, and that's why we're all vaccinated. But it doesn't stop us passing it around, unfortunately, and that is just something that we've got to live with. But the NFL is taking these precautions, and I, I don't know how they can really change it. Unfortunately, we just we, it, it's a it's just unfortunate that the games happen seven days apart, and infection, and then testing negative happens longer than that. It does indeed. We could talk about it all night, fellas, and like you say, all joking aside, we're obviously not virology experts. Um, you know, we have an opinion on it. I think, you know, I think all of us on here have have been vaccinated. Ironically, my booster jab was today, so I'm now sort of triple jabbed and all the rest of it. Um, 
yeah, we'll, we'll continue doing what we can to try and stay safe. And obviously, you know, we wish anybody that's on the list a speedy recovery. That's the most important thing in terms of the health of everybody concerned. You know, we love the game. We want the games to happen. But obviously, we certainly want the players to be fit, healthy, and as well as they can be. Let, let's look at a few games then, fellas, because there are some huge games. We start with one, like uh, Josh alluded to, Thursday night. And I said earlier that the Chiefs have probably cemented themselves. And I stopped myself from saying as division winners, they probably do cement themselves as division winners if they can beat the Chargers tomorrow. Um, but obviously, the Chargers are probably the team that are going to overhaul them if anybody does. Josh, huge game. Rashawn Slater, huge miss for the Chargers, assuming that he doesn't come back off the COVID list. I think we, we will just assume anybody on the list isn't coming back. Um, so, big yes. loss for the Chargers. Um, Chiefs, Absolutely. big win, obviously, but, last week. But big loss for the Chiefs on the other side of the ball. You know, um, it seems to have cancelled itself out, really, on the, in, in terms of that. So uh, let's play ball. This is one of the more exciting games, and it just so happens to be on a Thursday night. The Thursday night games sort of get better towards the end of the season, don't they? They, they get the uh, the rough luck of the draw at the start of the season, and they start getting mm-hmm. slowly getting better, and now you're at Chiefs Chargers. Uh, this is the division, really. The Chiefs are looking... Very, very good at the moment, looking like probably the only team that could probably challenge the Patriots for the number one spot. I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, you know, but this is this is the reality that we're living in. Uh the Chiefs, they I wouldn't say they're back on offense. They're definitely looking better on offense. Uh, they're definitely looking more like themselves. I think that the game plan against the Raiders was a lot more like them. Um, it's the defense where they've really come alive. Um, they've got a few trouble spots on the defense with injuries as well as Chris Jones on the COVID list. So there might be a little bit of um, a little bit of an issue in terms of getting that back right. But if um, if there's a team that can take on the Chiefs at the moment, it's the Chargers. But I think that the Chiefs are on too much of a roll at the moment. And this is probably a game too big for the Chargers. Um, Justin Herbert cemented himself last week is as one of, if not the best quarterback from that draft. He was immense last he week. He was. He was so good. And the Chargers have had such a funny season, haven't they, where it's just been up and down and they never quite know if they if they want to make a rush for the playoffs or if they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they're, they're such a such an intriguing team. And I've, I think I've said most of the season that they are still one, maybe two years away, but they are, they're such a, uh, an interesting team and they've got so much cap space next year. So that Chargers team is only going to get better. Meanwhile, the Chiefs, you, you hit the nail on the head, Josh. The, the craziest thing about the Chiefs is their turnaround. Like the defense at the start of the season was giving up 30 plus points most games. And yet all of a sudden their defense, their defense is one of the best in the league. And it's like, yeah. how has that happened? Like you don't usually see those transformations in the middle of a season. Usually it takes an off season and a defensive coordinator firing or something like that. But the fact that they've turned this around and, and they've, they've only allowed single digit points in the last three games is insane. That's, that's, that's incredible. And against the, you know, the, the Cowboys, the Broncos and the Raiders, you know, the, Certainly, three, three, you'd say, pretty good teams. They're, you know, they're all chasing the the, the playoffs. Certainly, the Cowboys are looking at one of the best teams in the NFC. So, not to be sniffed at. Um, I think this Chiefs team's come alive at the real, uh, the, the real, real important time, and they've got an air of last year's books about them. 
Yeah, they certainly are peaking when it matters most. Let's move on, fellas. Saturday night football. You can tell we're getting close to Christmas. Saturday night. Josh, tell me I'm stupid. I still think the Browns have got a chance despite all of this COVID trouble. I'm saying that on Wednesday. I mean, don't wrong. We could have another 20 players on the list by this time tomorrow. And if I can even name half of them come Saturday night, I might be quite happy. But as it stands today... Despite the fact that it'll be Case Keenum handing the ball off to Nick Chubb, he'll still be handing the ball off to Nick Chubb. So I still have a fancy for the Browns in this one. Browns Raiders. Raiders look like their goose is cooked. Um, but obviously, massive COVID issues for the Browns, as we've been discussing. Just checking the weather in Cleveland on Saturday night. Eight, oh, 40% chance of rain. 80% over the day, 15 mile an hour winds. Yeah, so it's going to be wet, it's going to be boggy, it's going to be horrible in Cleveland, Ohio on Saturday night, which lends to a run game. Um, the Cleveland offensive line has been battered by this uh, COVID outbreak, but the guys that are coming in are run blockers, not pass blockers, of which helps. Case Keenum is probably the best hander offer of a football if there ever was one. So I'm more than happy for him to hand it off to Nick Chubb. And if Nick Chubb's not able to get the runs, of which I actually think he will this week, he's had a couple of bad weeks, but that's because, that's because the Baltimore Ravens are one of the best run run blockers in the league. I think that if he can't do it, Dionis Johnson sure as hell can. So in terms of can the Browns still participate in this game and still make it a game absolutely i don't think that the raiders are still you know i don't think that raiders fans are overjoyed at the moment i think that they feel like they've, they're now the favorites and they are the favorites i'd probably say that they're about a five point favorite currently but when you consider that that's about a fifth of the brown starting roster out and you're only about a five point favorite that says a lot um so you I'm sorry, gents. Was I uh, cut out there? You did for a very brief moment, mate. But we got the we certainly got the bulk of of your point, mate. And I think it was a point well made, Steve. Let's um let's flip it over to yourself as the the neutral in this one. Um, it's almost a funny situation, really, because the week after the Browns play the Packers, which I think most Browns fans are sort of putting down as a loss. So maybe it would have been better to have had that game this week with all of the issues they've got. But like I say, I suppose really from an opponent perspective that still you feel they have an opportunity against the Raiders, probably not the worst team to be playing this week. No, the Raiders have been they're one of those teams that you can never just quite get a handle on. And I think they are trending towards just, you know, falling away this season, finishing with a negative record and major changes coming in the off-season in Las Vegas. Um, they have today been handed the 2024 Super Bowl. So that's exciting news for Las Vegas. So the, the Super Bowl is is confirmed going to Vegas in a few years' time. I'm sure that's going to be an absolute chaotic weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so, but this Las Vegas team, even full strength, you'd still because of the strength of, like you said, Josh, of Cleveland's running game, um, you, you still wouldn't want to count out Cleveland. And it would be the most Cleveland thing this season if they get yet more players on the COVID list. The game still goes ahead and they lose to Las Vegas because of COVID. After, after a season-defining victory against Baltimore, I said it last week, we all said it, that was, you know, 
go big or go home last week. It was a case of this is our season starts now. They came up with the goods. They beat Baltimore, although for a second at the end there, it looked like they weren't going to. But they held on for the win. They got the win. And then next week, they get a big a big COVID test, uh, a big COVID outbreak, decimates the, the camp. And Kareem Hunt, when he comes back off IRR, is just standing there like the John Travolta gif from Pulp Fiction, just like it would be typical of Cleveland, wouldn't it? But uh, we'll see if the game does go ahead. Like I say, as it stands, it is scheduled for half nine Saturday night. If you fancy a really late one Saturday night, the early hours of Sunday morning produces another tasty matchup. The league have done quite well with these two this year, haven't they? Patriots and the Colts. Uh, Patriots, the number one seed in the AFC, on the road against the Colts, a team, Josh, you've been high on for a number of weeks now. This is a real acid test of how good this Patriots team is, isn't it? If there was a team that could beat the Patriots, it's the Colts. Um, Yeah, I saw this and I immediately put a circle around it and put, don't be put off by the Colts here when making my picks. Because the Colts' defence can can match up to Matt Jones and this New New England offense. They can do that. And uh, the Patriots are going to have to put so much into stopping the Colts run. And the Colts are not bad in the air either. You know, the Colts are actually a pretty well-rounded team. They're the kind of team that can make things difficult for the Patriots. This is, this is the one game that the Patriots are probably going to have to work for the most to actually make this happen. Um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a real ding dong. It's going to be really close. I think um, probably only going to be a score in it. I I don't know which way it's going to go, but it's going to be interesting either way. Um, but the Colts are a really good set. The Patriots are probably a bit too high for their talent level, and the Colts are probably a bit down compared to their talent level. So you know, th- this is going to be a hell of a lot closer than a, a lot of people think. I think you, you're spot on in that the it, this is an acid test for the Colts, and I think I will start to get on your hype train for the Colts if they can beat the Patriots, because this would be a big this would be a big statement win for them. You know, I think if you, the last five obviously Patriots are on a winning streak and they've won the last five games, I think they've won more than that, um, and the Colts have won four of the last five. So in terms of like head to head, in terms of their their form. Both teams are in red hot form right now, um, and the Colts shut out the Texans, which you know, albeit it is the Texans, it's still difficult to shut out a team. Yeah. So you know, this defense is, like you say, is playing well, um, and yeah, this this is a real this is a real test. And if they do, if they can put one over on the Patriots, not only would they stop the hottest team in football, also they would improve to eight and six and put a real challenge on a Titans team that is faltering in that division. We talked at the start of the season about how the Colts are probably a bit far back to, to sort of mount a challenge against the Titans, but Titans have dropped off and don't look don't look the same team that they were sort of six weeks ago. So yeah, the season's definitely not over. And I think even if the Colts do lose this game, I think their season's still alive. Um, there's still plenty of chances for them to finish ten and seven if they were to lose this one. So. Colts are still looking good. Um, I think a lot depends on what happens in that division. But, you know, at this point, I certainly wouldn't write them off for, for challenging uh, Tennessee for the, for the title. Yeah, we mentioned Tennessee. We won't spend too long on it. Their game this week is against the Steelers. Um, the Steelers, 6-6-1. Six, six um, you know, they desperately need a win to, to probably stay in playoff contention. Um 
yeah, the Titans, you know, talk this week that Derrick Henry might not come back and then other people have squashed that as a bit of a rumour. Um, they obviously would absolutely be a different proposition for anyone in the playoffs if he does indeed come back. Uh, the Bills will look to right the rungs of recent weeks against the Panthers. You'd expect them to take care of business there. The Eagles, potentially the beneficiaries of all of the Washington issues that we talked about earlier, Steve. Um, Washington, like I said, didn't really turn up in the first half against Dallas. Um, Philly, obviously, um, on a bye week last week. Both teams six and seven. Potentially, you know, still room to play for wildcard positions in the NFC with that kind of record. And like I say, Philly will certainly be looking to take advantage of any uh, any issues that are unfortunately coming Washington's way this week. Yeah, certainly there's playoff implications for this one massively. I think if I think if if Philly win, they take hold of the of the seventh. Um, uh, wildcards, uh, the seventh seed in the wildcard for the NFC. So, like, this has got massive playoff implications, and I think you'd probably go as far to say, although it's their first time meeting this season, it's probably, I'd say, you, you could probably say whoever wins this matchup has probably got the better chance of finishing second in the NFC behind Dallas, because I think Dallas has got it all wrapped up now. It's just a case of where this where this seventh NFC seed will falls, and it's actually for the first time across both possible both conferences really we've got a really interesting and exciting wild card sort of fight there's there's so much up for grabs and no one's really out of it there's, in the nfc there's five teams at six and seven that's insane like that's yeah. so many teams and, and you know any and in the afc them... i think it's six teams are on seven and six or something yeah. stupid yeah. It's crazy. So one week, one result going a different way than you thought it might could have so many implications. So yeah, this is a real business end of the season. Jalen Hurts is still limited in practice. They'd have walked through today where he would have been limited because he's dealing with a high ankle sprain. So apparently still not still not good to go 100% yet on Sunday. So it could be Minshew Mania Mark Two. Here we go. <laughs> I don't think I can do with any more videos of him violently roughing up his dad just because he got a win. <laughs> If he plays as well as he did in New York uh, week before last, then he can happily start again. <laughs> yeah, he did do all right in his first start. And like you say, certainly with those Washington issues, if that pass rush uh, isn't there, um, whoever's playing quarterback should get plenty of time for the Eagles. Uh, the game that everyone's obviously looking forward to, the Jags and the Texans. My word. Oh. Um, talk about the, Jags the toilet bowl. The Jags are favoured in that. The Jags oh, are somehow favoured by three in that. Oh, I couldn't God, believe God. that. Good, good, good Lord. Let's move swiftly on, boys. Giants, Cowboys. Um, yeah, expect the Cowboys to probably win that one. And as Steve said, I think everyone probably has now got the Cowboys pegged as division winners following last week's action. The Lions against the Cardinals. Um, obviously, the Lions will be buoyed by getting a win. Um, but, you know, the Cardinals are surely going to take care of business. It's the ultimate bounce-back game for them, isn't it? After losing to the Rams, you did fully expect the Cardinals will take care of business. I jokingly said about a month ago, fellas, stranger things have happened than the Dolphins getting into the playoffs. And since I said that, they haven't lost a game. Six and seven, they've still got some work to do, but you'd fancy them to get to an even 500 here against the Jets. Um, and yeah. stranger things indeed have happened. So we'll wait and see. But certainly expect Miami to continue rolling. Big games then in the late window on Sunday. Uh, one that probably isn't having, to, well, won't have too many playoff implications um, is the 49ers and Falcons. Well, I say that the 49ers certainly in playoff contention. So a big game for them. You probably expect them to take care of business at home. But the other games that are in this window, uh, Broncos and Bengals, Josh. Um, Bengals seemingly, when they're in position, seemingly fluff their lines. I know it went to overtime last week, but, you know, high expectations, home game, couldn't get it done. 
game now on the road. The Broncos have been up and down themselves. Big win for them last week, 38 points to 10 over the Lions. Um, you know, their defense has been pretty good most weeks. It's just whether the offense can, you know, can fire and keep up. Um, big, big game this one for both of these sides. I would not have thought they would have been a few weeks back as well because I, I did put the Broncos in the bin and now I'm sort of, you know, just before the bin man comes along, I'm just sort of picking it out the bin and ironing out the creases and putting it back on the shelf because the Broncos are back. You know, they, they could well, you know, make a push for one of these wildcard spots. Um, and I fancy them against the Bengals this week. I think that it's... This is very much a go big or go home game for both of these sides. This is very much your this is very much your playoff starts here. Um the Bengals absolutely need this win. If they I think that the AFC North now has one spot in the playoffs. I don't think that there's going to be a second spot going in the wild cards. I reckon it's going to be all about the all, 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 all about who wins the division. So the Bengals absolutely need to keep pace. If they don't do that, then they might might well fall off. So um, they need that. The Broncos absolutely need whatever wins they can get because they've still got Chiefs and Chargers in their own division. So they're going to need to keep pace. But they're doing so. They're doing so. And they're doing so quite comfortably as well. And I do think that, it, you know, first of all, terrible new news about Demarius Thomas over the last week um, you know thoughts to his family um, I thought that the Broncos played brilliantly and also just touching gestures as well at the ground and between the two teams I reckon that that news will buoy them on in the next couple of weeks you know if we're talking from a very from a very realist point of view I reckon that's going to give them a boost over the next couple of performances Um I felt like it definitely did on Sunday, and I think that will continue as well. So I I do like the Broncos because they are the hot hand. Steve, you got a point on this game? It's, yeah, just it, it links into the sort of AFC playoff spot, doesn't it? Because the playoffs the playoffs in the AFC is absolutely fascinating. Because like you said, there's realistically there's the you'd think that the teams the, the obviously aside from the four divisional winners. You, I think another team's going to come out of this division. I don't think it's going to be two. You'd think that the Colts and the Titans are probably both a good shot of making it. So that yeah. leaves one more. And at the moment, the one team that's in the risk of losing that seventh spot is the Buffalo Bills. At the start of the season, none of us would have said that the Bills would be in the risk of missing the playoffs. Now, obviously, I'm not suggesting they're going to miss the playoffs. That's a bit, you know, that's it, crazy to say just yet. But they're the ones at risk at the moment. They're in the seventh seed right now. We've got the Panthers this week, so perhaps that's a bit of an easy game from them. But yeah, the, the playoff picture is changing all the time, and you know, like you said, Josh, that Broncos victory will put them in such good spirits to to take a, a Bengals team that lost a, a, a tough game against a, a, a really in forms sort of San Francisco team at the moment. So um, yeah, all to play for. I, I wouldn't count either team out, and you know, even if even whoever loses goes to seven and seven, I still wouldn't count them out. There's so much. There's so much football to play in this AFC just yet. 
Yeah, and the way the scheduling works, obviously, with all the divisional opponents playing each other, um, you know, all these teams are going to beat each other up. The divisional games really become the really important ones. The the ones, you know, in conference take on an extra importance. The ones against sort of, you know, the opposite conference, you know, they're almost almost extensions of bye weeks at this stage to some extent. The, the yeah. games almost don't matter, um, even though obviously every game does. Um, I hope you know what I'm trying to say with that because that's a real contradiction of terms. Rams, Seahawks, um, you probably expect the Rams to take care of business here. Seattle just want the season to end as quickly as possible. And I think there's big changes coming in Seattle, as we've talked about earlier. Ravens, Packers, would normally be an absolute huge game. It is a huge game, I suppose, in terms of importance, but obviously with Lamar Jackson unlikely to go. Um, although John Harbaugh hasn't officially ruled him out, I don't know anybody that can play with a high ankle sprain one week after receiving it, particularly a quarterback that relies on scrambling as much as what Lamar Jackson does. It doesn't seem like a ideal situation. And to be fair to Tyler Huntley, when he came in the ball game last week, he did, you know, he did reasonably well. So, um, big game though, Josh. Obviously, massive implications for us. Ravens defense, not what it probably used to be, but certainly, you know, will always be competitive. They'll be well coached, but the the Packers do look like a class apart, don't they? You, you, you can only certainly, well, I can only see a Packers win here. Yeah, same same here. I think that the Ravens have. I I have always harped on about the fact that the Ravens have somehow come out of game smelling of roses when they've just been going through the mud for games on end and I think that's a very polite way of saying it compared to what I've said it in previous weeks I think that they are finally paying the piper um through no fault of their own you know they've been so hit by injuries and they continue to do so if you you know I I think about life as a Browns fan this year being littered with injuries it's nothing compared to the Baltimore Ravens um, so you've got that the Packers can't seem to do any wrong at the moment. Aaron Rodgers has, ever since he's come back onto the scene after the immunized gate or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> he has been on fire. He's been on MVP form. It's been, you know, quite something to watch. Um, so realistically, you go with the hot hand, the Packers. I can't see them losing to the Ravens. I can't see them losing to the Browns. I can't see them losing to pretty much anybody at the moment. Um, and also, if you're the Ravens, not that you would ever admit this or play this way, etc. Do you think to yourselves internally amongst the training staff, no need to go all out this week because we have players out. We don't want to get any more injuries. Maybe we just look to the rest of the season and look to just get through and win the division to put us into the playoffs Do, does a hard-fought game against the Packers really help you at this point yeah I mean you know, the Ravens will be kicking themselves they had chances you know particularly against the Steelers two weeks ago they certainly had opportunities at the back end of the Cleveland game um, you know, where they could have really put their stamp on the division. They could have had a two or three game lead and then I think they would have allowed themselves to potentially think that way. I think with the way things are at the moment, they'll obviously have the advantage of the Browns game being played potentially on Saturday. Um, and obviously they'll know the results of that. I mean, Cleveland could actually be in first place of the division by the time the Ravens kick off. Um, you know, so you know, that that will determine the approach that they take. But I certainly, like I say, I think that the Packers will be the um, the team to be siding with in this one anyway. 
Um, Steve, a couple of other games um, in terms of Sunday night football, Monday night football. A little bit surprised the Sunday night football didn't get flexed with some of the games that we have talked about, but it's obviously a divisional game. The Bucks against the Saints. And then Tuesday, we've got the Bears against the Vikings. Obviously, Saints, Vikings, um, you know, in and around that sort of wild card conversation that we alluded to earlier. The Bucks obviously looking to wrap up the division. Um, give us your take on the primetime games, mate, to uh, close out the week. Yeah, I think the Bucks are one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. Um, impressive overtime win last week. Um, Brady is continuing to play at such a high level. Um, and, and, and Leonard Fournette is proving that he's just not done in the NFL yet. Um, you know, when he was released by Jacksonville a couple of seasons back, he sort of struggled to to sort of really make an impact. And he's come to this... this um, Tampa Bay team that have found a way to use him and utilize him, and he's and he's it's paying dividends. And this this Tampa team, I I, I can't see anything other than a, a Tampa win. However, Tampa and New Orleans is one of those games, a bit like the sort of Rams um, Cardinals matchup, where I think over the last few seasons, New Orleans have just had their number a little bit. So you know, and um, you know, this one is is certainly another game that could could potentially go that way. It's it's not in the Superdome though, which is going to obviously go against uh, New Orleans when it's at the Superdome. Superdome. You never, never really want to bet against New Orleans, but um, Cameron Jordan's a big miss. He's out for for the weekend, as far as I'm aware. Um, he'll be a big miss for them on that defensive line uh, in New Orleans. Um, but I think, like you said, Tampa's probably a, a, an easy victory for this one. Um, and then in terms of the other game, the battle of the uh, of the, um, uh, the NFC North. <sighs> When will it ever end? Um, I mean, Minnesota have got to win this game. They have to. We've we've just talked about five teams being six and seven. They play a divisional rival Chicago Bears team that are four and nine. They have to beat this team. If they don't, they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, being this seven and seven, back to 500, three games left, win out 10 and seven, or even nine and eight, it's a respectable record, will probably get you in, I'd imagine. But I don't want to call it at this point. Um <laughs> What I will just say as well, I've just had some, we just had some news come non-COVID related. Um, DeAndre doesn't Hopkins, exist. DeAndre Hopkins has is going to miss the rest of the regular season with a knee sprain, apparently, um, mm. which is not good news for the Cardinals. We haven't really mentioned the Cardinals too much, but a couple of weeks back we all said about how they're sort of a team to watch. They are, they're, you know, they're they're on form, they're playing well, they're winning games without really. Um, lifting a finger and then all of a sudden they've lost to the Rams, a team that they previously had the number of divisional rival. Um, they've lost DeAndre Hopkins for the rest of the season. Is it time to not panic a little bit for, for, for Arizona, but certainly is it, to, is it, a you know, given how much they fell away at the end of last season and ended up finishing eight and eight, is it that, you know, are the alarm bells starting to ring just a little bit in Arizona? Yeah, well, if they're not, I think they should be. Um, you know, like I said, I think that was a huge, huge game Monday night, which they obviously was on the the wrong end of. Um, like you say, losing your your star player at any point, obviously, you know, not uh, not going to be beneficial whatsoever. Um, and if you look again, you know, like I said, the way that the league obviously does the scheduling and the way that the um, the sort of games pan out over the final few weeks, you know, yes, they've got the the Lions this week that you'd expect to win, but after that, you've then got the Colts. You've got the Cowboys, and then they finish with the Seahawks. So, you know, if it is, you know, like I say, a bit of a, a farewell to Pete Carroll, you'd have thought that the Seahawks will be up for that on the um, 
on the final day of the season. So, you know, it's a tough schedule for them coming in. Obviously, from the Rams' perspective, they're the ones that are likely to beat the challenger. They're obviously a game behind, but their schedule sees them play the Seahawks, the Vikings, the Ravens and the 49ers. So, they're, you know, two tough schedules for both of these teams. But that's what we want, isn't it? We want it to be exciting. And, you know, it probably brings us full circle, really. We hope that it's the players that determine this you know we hope it's determined by the best players being able to be out there week in and week out you know we don't want to see backup quarterbacks going against each other we don't want to see third string left tackles trying to protect somebody's blind side we don't want to see the you know the seventh choice wide receiver that the quarterback has to introduce himself to in the huddle because they've never thrown a ball to each other it's it is you know unfortunate you know we'll wait and see what the league do we'll obviously get some reaction out if there is anything that he's talked about and officially confirmed um you know but hopefully you know Hopefully we get the games, hopefully they're competitive, you know, and hopefully we don't have to put a big asterisk by the back end of the season. In terms of playoffs, um, Josh, we've talked about it, you know, in terms of the games that have, um, you know, sort of implications on them. Um, You've obviously been doing power rankings throughout the season. I think we've got to the stage of the season now where we're probably down to, you know, possibly, you know, 20 contenders in terms of the playoffs. There's a few teams now officially eliminated and a number that are, are just waiting, if you like, for the um, the season to come to an end, although they're not officially eliminated from contention. Um, so you're going to start doing a bit more of a playoff bracket as opposed to power rankings. Who have you got going um, to the, uh, the Jan- well, the meaningful January football? I always say January football, but of course, with this season being a week longer, everyone's playing in January this year. Meaningful January football. Yeah. Who, who has a chance of being in when everyone's already bored and back at work, shall we? Um, yeah. So, yeah, my power rankings, it, it very much did get to a point, gents, where I got incredibly fed up with trying to debate as to who was 22nd and who was 23rd in the power rankings, because let's face it, as soon as you get past about 16, it's all kind of just muddled at that point. And then you start debating, well, Washington looked all right against the Panthers and the Eagles looked good against the Giants. Like, how do you weigh this up? So I'm, I'm now shaking it up to running a simulation you know, what I think is going to happen for the rest of the season between now and the end of the season, how the bracket looks. I'll let you know my bracket now. On the AFC side, I have the Tennessee Titans finishing in the number one spot and getting the bye at 13 and four. And then the Kansas City Chiefs end up with 13 and four also. They end up playing the Indianapolis Colts at Arrowhead them getting through with a 10 and 7 record the new england patriots win the afc east and will play their afc east rivals the buffalo bills that get the six spot and that is with an 11 and 6 record and the cleveland browns who i've done this with them losing their next two games the browns lose against the raiders in the covid bowl then they lose to the Packers in the snowball, snowball, bowl, flipping globe, whatever, at Lambeau Field. Uh, they go nine and eight, and they play the Los Angeles Chargers, the fifth-ranked Los Angeles Chargers, who were eleven and six. So imagine that. Imagine winning two extra games, and yet you're still having to travel all the way across the country to Cleveland. That is the NFL for you. So yeah, that's your AFC side. 
The NFC side, the Green Bay Packers in the number one spot at 14-3. and three. And then the number two ranked Tampa Bay Buccaneers host, once again, the Washington football team, who end up 8-9. and nine. Can't make this stuff up. Maybe I can. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys end up with the number three seed. They end up 13-4 and four against the 9-8 and eight San Francisco 49ers. And then the last one to bottom it out, and this is going to be by far the game of the wildcard weekend. The Los Angeles Rams, the fourth seed at 13-4, and four, play the 12-5 and five Arizona Cardinals. Oof. Give me that all day, every day. I'll <laughs> sign up for that. I'll <laughs> sign up for that whole bracket, mate. Right now, I'll sign up for that. That sounds all right to me. Yeah, it, it's actually ridiculous when you start looking at it that the AFC side, for example, the AFC North doesn't really affect much of the rest of the bracket. It's the Colts that affect that entire bracket. Mm. The big game will be the Colts against the Cardinals. For that entire bracket. Does that mean you've got the Ravens missing out entirely? I do. Uh, I have the Ravens going 9 and 8. And I have the Bengals going 8 and 9. The Browns beat the Ravens on divisional record. Fascinating. Bring on, what's it called now? Super Ultra Mega Wildcard Weekend or whatever it's called. Because <laughs> haven't they now got a game on Monday night as well? They do, yeah. The, yeah, so there's six games across three days, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. You, you know that Just, LA, what, all, just what all the UK fans wanted, isn't it? Just what every yeah. fan in the UK wanted. Another primetime game in the wildcard slot. So, yeah. <laughs> But um, I'm sure that will change week to week. But uh, always great to, to get your, your take on it, Josh. Like I say, I will certainly sign up for that now. I think Steve would quite like the Eagles to find a way into the uh, the bracket. Maybe after this weekend, if the Eagles do beat the football team, that will be the swap around for next week. We'll wait and see what yeah, happens. Steve, if it helps, buddy, if it helps, you've got to beat the Washington football team twice. I have you splitting the series at the moment. You've got to beat yeah. them twice. I mean, the Eagles' remaining schedule is Washington, New York, Giants, Washington, Dallas, and three of those four games are at home. So it's it's all in front of them. If they want to do it, win three of those four games, I think they're in. So yeah, yeah if it's, it, it's very if much it helps, in Eagles' hands. According to, uh, I've just switched it to a double win for the Eagles. You go to Tampa. <laughs> Either way, well, either way, that I mean, this is the thing. Either way, if if the Eagles do get in at the seven, they're going to Tampa or dare I say Dallas or or Los Angeles. Like it's not going to be an easy game. There's no easy games in the NFL, but you know it's it's probably going to be a one and done unless this triple-headed rushing attack comes out and blows someone away. Wouldn't that be a story? That's no, all right. Yeah. Just get an infiltrator to go in with, with Omicron. Then you're sorted. <laughs> You've got to be in the dance to be able to get uh, get all the way though, haven't you? So let's uh, let's see how it shakes over the next four weeks. Like so, let's hope that it is very much more on the the players earning it and and not anything derailing the season, as we talked about at the at the outset. I'm sure, fellas, that unfortunately we'll probably be talking a bit more COVID next week. Let's hope not as much. Let's hope we can get week 15 done and dusted. And fingers crossed we can get week 16 and so on and so forth. Obviously, it's Christmas coming up. Don't know exactly what our schedule is going to look like. I'm sure that we'll all have commitments that we've got and all the rest of it. But between us, 
whether it's a combination of us or any of our wonderful fill-ins, I'm sure we'll get something over the airwaves over the coming week. Um, but for now, stay safe, everybody. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. And thanks, as always, for listening to The Full 10 Yards. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to find us on all our social channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Head over to our website, full10yards.com, where you can find out more information about why we are hashtag for the game.